0: The Space God Memoirs. Episode Nineteen On our fifth day in the dunes, I was ahead of the party, having run up the side of a slope to get a better view of the path ahead of us. I stopped as I reached the sandy top, gasping for breath. I reached into my canteen and took a swig of much-needed water. One glance from up here told me we were headed in the correct direction. To my right were the toothy outlines of the black mountains where Bal Nar awaited. still a good ways off, but we were making progress. I peeked behind me. Some leagues away, the rest of the party walked in a line, the knights' armor reflecting sunlight as they marched. Those guys never got tired, but that armor wasn't the best at walking through sand either. looked like they'd catch up with me in around thirty minutes. (sighs) I guess I could wait. As I turned away, I saw her. She stood upon the height of the next dune over, her blue figure in stark contrast to the whiteness all around her hair billowing upon the winds along with her pale cloak. At first I assumed she had to be some kind of mirage, or hallucination of my mind, broken by stress and loss. But as I climbed towards her, she remained. I looked into Zirathra's otherworldly eyes, and it was as if I had woken from a dream. She said nothing, but gave me one of her infuriating half-smiles. "See!" I shouted when I finally caught my breath. "'What in the scrag are you doing here?' "'She responded with a look that was somehow both sly and innocent. "'Her hair and cloak stopped billowing in the wind, "'falling effortlessly into place. "'What am I doing here?' "'She responded with a question, her voice as soft as I remembered, "'though I had no problems hearing her over the wind. "'Perhaps you should ask yourself the same question, Keth. "'What are you doing here?' "'Oh, come on!' I said." You gotta know that. They forced us along, those Scraggers. me and Rayleigh, after they killed Burge, took our ship and made me fly them out here. But you were on that ship, weren't you? And they're in the courtyard, whispering in his ear. Part of the prince's dug-a-crap mission, whatever it is. Perhaps, she stated, her expression not changing. Know that I am not in his employ, nor do I owe Ophiro any loyalty. I am a part of the mission, in a sense, though perhaps not in the way you imagine. I... I don't even know what to imagine, I said. A friend is dead. I'm dead tired myself, being kept in the dark about this whole mission, so maybe you can enlighten me. What's all this about? What am I doing out here other than leading myself and everyone else to certain death? She placed a hand on my shoulder. There was a warmth to her touch. A heat that seemed to come from her hand and seep gently into my flesh. I can sense your pain, she stated. Your loss, your fear. Though I had little to do with the death of your friend, I know that it must pain you deeply. But like all things here, that is temporary and will pass. I didn't even know how to respond to that. All I could do was let out a sigh, tears welling up in my eyes and drying quickly in the desert air. The knights embark on a mission, continued Zirathra. They seek to succeed at any cost, with a nearly religious fervor. This you know. You also know that they are not the only ones who seek the same goal. The fires. I've seen them the past few nights. Yes. A goal may be readily ascertained if you know who seeks it. If your reluctant companions will not share the truth with you, perhaps the others will. What, are you suggesting I signal them? Go out and find the fires? Do what you will. You are a man of more talent than you realize. Fine enough, I nodded. Are you going to help? It is not my place to do so. Not at this moment. Of course, I said, rolling my eyes. Cryptic as always. Seems like you're everywhere you need to be, but come and go as you please. Just vanished on me outside of Ganadria. Leave without a goodbye. Goodbye. But then you end up in a king's court and out here in the Forsaken Wastes. Let me guess, you're some kind of goddess. She let out a giggle. I do not believe in your primitive superstitions. I could speak to you for many days about what defines a deity. Suffice to say, I do not meet those requirements. I am who I am. How much of that you learn depends on how well you get to know me, Kef. But I don't know you. You just keep talking in riddles. Give me all sorts of duga crap without a single answer. I wish we could be more candid in these talks, for certain, she said, flipping her hair. But now is not the place for such. That will come soon, I hope. It would be a pity to see you lost here. As I thought on her words, and looked outward at the distant black mountains, like the jagged teeth of some fallen giant, Zirathra was silent, save for the flapping noise of her cloak in the wind. That, too, stopped. I looked to where she stood. Xerathra was gone. vanished like the mirage I had first thought her to be, leaving me with a jumble of questions and absolutely zero answers. That was starting to feel like a pattern for Z. Seconds later, Bakibra came marching up the dune, followed by the others. My brief interlude with Xerathra faded like a dream upon awakening. Night once more descended upon the dunes. As most of the others were deep asleep, I heard the faraway sound of voices, caught in an echo on the wind. Like before, I spotted the red glare of a fire upon a distant dune. I paused a moment, glancing about at the silent tents of the knights, all probably deep asleep. There was a faint light from the royal tent, where they had been keeping Rayleigh since our little escape attempt. I had barely seen her when we weren't marching, but I guessed it was better than her being around creepers like Alien. The only other person up was Sir Saminar, who stood at the far end of the camp on watch. Of all the people here, that big lug was the least likely to spot me. I thought of Z, of our talk. If it had actually happened in some place other than my mind, why was I here? Why were any of us here? I knew it all had to be connected. My first flight, that creepy vision, the bio ships, Z and the stupid mission but how it all fit together was still a mystery. So I decided it might be a good idea to check out that distant fire. I slinked away, slowly and quietly making my way down the dunes. The light of the fire soon vanished beneath the sandy ridges, but occasionally on the winds came the muffled chattering of whoever was there. As I drew closer, the chattering took on a different tone. Not just talking, but a measured steady rhythm like singing or chanting. I kept low, creeping up the ridge of the dune like a hunchback, trying to keep as quiet as possible. I had to hold back a sneeze about midway through, but that too passed as I got to the top. Now I looked down at a cleft in the dunes reddened by the glow of a large campfire. I counted fifteen people. They all sat cross-legged around their fire and were all wearing those crimson cloaks. The Evolved ones. That chanting earlier made sense now. It had been a prayer. These maniacs definitely weren't heading north to loot technology from the ruins. The EO were machine-hating fanatics, after all, regarding the entire area around Balnar as cursed and evil. I had to creep closer to at least try and find out what exactly they were doing here. I felt my belly and into a crawl, doing my best to keep out of their flickering light. I could hear a few of them talking again, not the all-inclusive chanting like before, just sporadic conversation. I could see them in more detail now. All of them were warriors, men and women in crimson ceremonial gear, runes sewn out to their cloaks. Five in their company even wore those plastic-looking breastplates, and I could see those pikes of theirs off to the side. Yeah, these were the same nutjobs from down in the river towns, maybe even some of the same faces. One of them, though, was unmistakable sitting at the opposite end of the fire from where I hid. Trevos the Slayer. He sat there, a bit off from the others, glancing into the blaze with a distant expression, his chiseled features looking even more heroic in the red glow. He said nothing, but moved his blade slowly across the palms of his open hands, caressing it like a loved one. I waited in the shadows, keeping completely in the dark as I listened to the sporadic chatter of the others. Trevos kept silent. Are you certain you're ready for the trials, Brother Gob?" said one of the acolytes to another. I could hear the condescension in his tone. Just like you, Brother Fenard, I passed the tests and felled my opponents," responded the one called Gob. "But the goddess was not at your village," said Fenard. "We were among the blessed, seeing her gleaming visage, hearing her words of wisdom. I am as worthy as you, Fenard." Your words will not dissuade me, if that is your goal. Gob stood up. I felt myself inching backwards towards the shadows at the thought of him spotting me. I will make the journey, same as you. I will climb their tower and pass their trials. When I walk among the gods, I will look down on you and laugh. My first thought was, sheesh, what a couple of morga munchers. But as I began to slowly shimmy backward along the sandy ground, weird thoughts were running through my mind. What were those fools talking about? Trials? A tower? A scrag and goddess of all things? I didn't stop long to think about it, seeing that Brother Gobe was already riled up and was pacing around in front of Fenard. Then Trevel stood up from the fire, and they both stopped. His eyes shot upon Gobe, then darted awfully close to where I was hiding. I continued backing away slowly, until I was partway up the dune, then crawled my way out of sight. It wasn't long before I was back in our camp. Seemingly unfollowed and unseen, Somnar had not even noticed my return. I laid down in my bedroll, my mind racing with all sorts of weird speculation. Towers? Tests? There were tons of towers in Balnar. The whole damn city was built of high-rises from the old days, like Soldier times a hundred. But none of those towers, as far as I knew, were connected to the sort of craziness the Evolved Ones got up to. But maybe they were. had to admit that I didn't know half of what was hidden in the old capital city. Still, I thought, what kind of goal would interest both the EO and the KOG? Whatever it was, it had to be connected to this craziness I was caught up in visions on my first flight. This stupid mission. Even Z, The exact details I couldn't be sure of. But it had to be terrible. In the world-shattering, divine revelation, second retribution kind of way. Thank you for listening to this episode of The Space God Memoirs. Space God is written, performed, and produced by A.M. Arctos. Original musical score by Alpha Colors. Various sound effects created by Industrial Strength Records Incorporated. Please support this podcast by following, rating, and sharing on your favorite social media site. For further info on Space God, its creator, and various other opinions, musings, and thoughts go to www.spacegodmemoirs.com or follow me on Instagram, Twitter, or Facebook. If you enjoyed the Space God Memoirs, please consider supporting us by becoming a patron. Check out the Patreon link in our description to learn more.